0: I have a bit of breaking news. I didn't break it. Somebody I know is breaking news, somebody I know and respect greatly in the world of journalism. And she's been on with us before in the past, an investigative journalist, really doing actual journalism, Jenny Tare from the uh, Daily Caller News Foundation. And we now get to call you award winning, don't we, Jenny?
1: Oh my gosh, you do not have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't but have to, for having
0: me on. I don't have to, but I, I loved it when earlier this uh, year you were awarded uh, a nice citation, a huge round of applause at a, oh. uh, a ceremony recognizing journalists and your work on the border has been spectacular. I think you were there before Bill Malusion was there. I'm not name checking Bill Malusion. Bill- I'm not casting shade on <laughs> Bill Malusion. I'm just saying, I think you were one of the first down there at the border covering the uh, invasion, as I like to call it. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that we have a a network of reporters that go down there and that there are people always down there. And yes, there's very few of us, but um, it's great to have the opportunity to see everything that's going on firsthand and to report on it. From actual experience and I think that's a really important piece to journalism these days that we're kind of losing so I'm I'm just grateful
0: well I'm glad you're there Uh, before I ask you about this breaking news were you ever scared at the border while you were covering this stuff
1: well (laughs) you know I uh, try to let uh, fear dictate you know what I should and shouldn't do at the border and Uh, Of course, there are moments where I, as a journalist, take the ethical, you know, look at everything and say, what's the level of risk versus the reward? And I try to do everything as carefully as possible. But of course, you know, sometimes it entails going into Mexico and, and getting yourself, you know, stuck in the mud and, you know, going places where there may not be a lot of law enforcement presence. Um, but again, try to take all the precautions I can, but in the, at the end of the day, you're in smugglers territory. You are in, uh, the cartels, uh, trafficking smuggling routes, And that obviously poses a risk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you haven't been, uh, uh, taken hostage or anything, but if stuck in the <laughs> mud is the worst thing that happened. Then yeah, that's good that you're being smart. Anyway, we're talking to Jenny about uh, something she posted Friday morning about a I guess we call this an accidental email that that you got. And uh, it's from uh, somebody inside DHS that has revealed weird DNA testing people coming across the border. What do I need to know?
1: Right. So somehow I ended up on this email chain where DHS officials were speaking internally about how to respond to a Washington Post reporter who's working on a story about the FBI's ability to sustain the DNA tests coming from the border. What that means is that, you know, currently the agency says that all migrants who are 14 years or older that come across the border are DNA tested and that DNA test is sent to the FBI. This is for criminal histories. Uh, The problem here that's revealed in these emails is that it takes about 15 months now, there's a backlog of 15 months to get the results of the test to fully process them, right? By that time, DHS says in these emails, that person those people are released from custody because they're only you know supposed to be kept for about 72 hours in custody so there you have another kind of loophole where if someone let's say came in uh, after being previously deported which we see happening a lot uh, they you know had a criminal history here and maybe they do come up on that database well you won't know until 15 months after they're released and then Who's to go find them? Who's to, you know, take some action on this person when how do you know where they are? We have a problem with some of the addresses that people are giving. They're not giving, you know, even home addresses or any addresses at all. So there's so many layers to this issue that when we look at the border and see large numbers, we have to take into account because they have impacts on our national security.
0: So is it just the people 14 and older who are suspected or we know have a criminal history? Or is it everybody 14 and older getting this DNA swab uh, and sent to some FBI lab somewhere?
1: It's supposed to be implemented for 14 years and older. Everyone in that category, that age category now, of course, it has been a concern of FBI Director Chris Ray, who previously told Congress a few months ago that they really are worried about the situation at the border impacting their ability to sustain this. And we're now learning from these emails, too, that they are running out of money to be able to continue this program. And in addition to this, you know, the, the Border Patrol agents down at the border do run some DNA testing when it comes to families, because we know a lot of families that come across are fraudulent. They're not actually relatives of each other. Now, the problem is it's not really an across-the-board implemented program either. Um, When it comes to the families that are tested, and this is through a rapid test program, so they do get results quickly down at the border, but it's only if and when it's suspected to be a a case of trafficking or some kind of uh, case of fraudulence. So you have all of these different areas where not only can we look at the chaos happening at the border, but then what's happening when they're in the custody of border patrol and then what information is border patrol getting before they have to eventually release them into the country, which happens very quickly More people that come across, the faster these agents are being told by their superiors in Washington to process people. So this creates this kind of situation where, do you know what everyone is up to, who they are, and what their backgrounds are? Most likely not.
0: No, we don't know who they are. We don't know where they came from, what their background is, what their various vaccinations, childhood vaccinations are. Uh, we are wondering about criminal backgrounds. Uh, this is really disturbing. I understand the, the need to make sure that families are families and we're, we're protecting the children against being trafficked into this country. And I'm also concerned about this, this uh, massive DNA testing of people 14 and older. But Jenny, if, if you're worried about a 15-month delay in getting the results back, don't we have a cell phone that we gave to all of them that we can track them and find them instantly in the country?
1: So, the uh, alternatives to detention program is what you're referring to. That is something that DHS runs. They give out cell phones or they have the migrants download a phone app or they give them an ankle monitor or some kind of tracking device. And the problem with most of these cases, most uh individuals who are enrolled in this program are given either the phone or the the phone app known as SmartLink. that is only uh gonna work if the migrant complies on their own which they would be released into the country with that and they'd have certain check-in times of days well the location of that person is only known if and when they're doing the check-in anything outside of that ice dhs doesn't have the location and so that creates all of these issues and so you know you may have this opportunity to track people but are you really able to and in a lot of cases no and and sometimes you know this phone ends up you know in a taxi cab and and they cross the northern border i've seen that before where hmm. they cross the southern border they make their way up to the northern border by taxi which i've you know reported on and and they'll leave the phones in those taxis. So there's all kinds of uh, opportunities to abscond, to flee, to not show in court, to not adhere to these uh, restrictions while you're in the country and while you're released and have a lot of freedom.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing that we couldn't put a program out that that would be permanently monitoring locations. Instead, we give them the option to say, only while I'm using the app can you know where I am. That's the equivalent of, of what many of us have in many programs on our own phones. Uh, this is so frustrating. Well, Jenny, since you got this accidental email on Friday, has there been any update? Have Have you pressed uh, either DHS or has, has the Washington Post, who I think triggered this email chain, have they gotten a response? So...
1: According to the emails, it appears that these were draft responses. So from what I can understand, the reporter was planning on publishing something earlier in next week. Um, So it's unclear if that reporter ever got a response. I didn't see one in the email chain, Uh, but there was a lot that they were very careful about disclosing. And, uh, you know, should they share uh, some issues that had been reported by, Uh, a watchdog, a government watchdog on these programs, should they disclose certain things? Um, You know, sorry to that reporter, but I think this is DHS's fault that this got out. So, you know, we'll see if the Washington Post ever runs with anything, but uh, yeah, surely is something that uh, I'm not sure how I got it. Maybe it was, I don't know if it was accidental or on purpose, but um, usually if you're a government agency, you know, if you're going to send something to someone outside of the of the agency, it usually notifies you. So not really sure what happened there, but um, I'm going to report on on things that need uh, light brought to them. So that's
0: what I saw in this case. And that's what you do so well. Uh, report on issues, topics that need light shined upon them. Jenny Terre is with Daily Caller News Foundation, does incredible work. I encourage you to follow Jenny on uh, at least on, on Twitter X, because it's uh, a, a constant source of great information. My friend, I'm glad you're staying safe when you're down at the border. But please, yes. with with uh, New Year's Eve around the corner, please stay safe. You're in a crazy town, Washington, D.C. And uh, we, can't, oh. <laughs> we can't afford to lose you. We need more of you.
1: I know. I know. I'm here. I'm here to stay. I got it. I have some more miles to run here, and I I have uh, more work to be done. There's more to uncover, so I'll stick around for you.
0: Excellent, excellent. (laughs) Again, thank you, and Happy New Year. Thank you, you too.